Uh, my IG is uh, actually my IG is carefree underscore ninety two, and I got my link tree there. That's that's my Twitter, my SoundCloud, everything. You'll find everything on there. Thank you guys. And if you want to find Agent H Scott, you find me on Agent H Scott Facebook and Instagram. And please continue to support the Age page and Ugly P and the Ugly LP three. And we have more heat coming. Thank you, seriously. Peace. Great show tonight, y'all. Let's go. Yeah. Have a good week, y'all. Good night. Comedy Festival Daytime Podcast Fun Time Time. We're going to do a little open mic here during the day because why not? We had time. Uh, I'll bring up I'll bring up Casey McNeil first and then I'll bring you up because this is actually going to be hosted by a comedian all the way out of Boston. He runs something called Cambridge Comedy that's usually a TV show, but today it's going to be a radio show. Put your hands together, everyone, for Casey McNeil. Thanks, both of you. Uh, it's great to be here. I didn't bring my notes, and I plan to actually work a little bit. I think so. Um, yeah, so we'll see. But I don't know. I don't know how well my how well I can test my stuff. It's like testing it in the shower. I think everything is hysterical um, when I'm in there. My name is Casey. I'm going to be hosting for a little while today. Thanks, thanks, thanks again. I appreciate that. Um, and we're going to have a great show. I'm from the Cambridge Comedy Underground. We have a TV show in uh, Boston. It airs in uh, Cambridge, and it also airs in uh, the New York markets. And we have been on three seasons. It's a once-a-month show that got re- immediately shut down in the pandemic, and the studio has not allowed any outside access by anyone in two years now. We're hoping for a January restart. but So... In the meantime, we're just out here having some fun. I thought, well, we have some comics from Boston out here, and not a lot of comics to meet. And I thought, well, we can take a podcast and throw it up on our stuff, and then we can have even more exposure out there. So I'll just talk to you guys for a couple of minutes. I'm trying to think of the stuff I want to start out with. I'm broke. Anybody broke? Are you broke people? I'm talking like really broke. Okay, I have a question, all right? This is a question for my people of color, all right? I want to know, I think, like, profiling by the police, government, institutional uh, uh, racism, terrible. We all know this. But what I'm trying to figure out is why we have not yet attacked the profiling by marketing companies. You know, like TV ads. How come all the ads on, how come black people are always featured in ads on TV about bad credit? Right? It's like, hey, do you need really high-risk insurance but have shitty credit? You must be black. I'm like, I don't get why they could even do that. You know, it's like, speaking on behalf of the White Trash Network, I'm as poor as they come. I'm still hiding the fucking TV from Rent-A-Center. I'm like, fuck you, Finger Hut. You'll never catch me, Columbia Record House people. And I'm not returning those blockbuster tapes. I, it has gotten so bad for me about being broke. I, my, my, 
my debit card got declined at McDonald's for a cheeseburger. The other day, yeah, this guy goes, dude, this cheeseburger was declined. I'm like, come on, man. Can we try running it without the cheese? <laughs> yeah, I didn't used to be like this. I used to be one of those high-priced consultants, uh, made a lot of money. I can remember when I said to my wife, um, you know, if, if I leave all this money and just go out and become a struggling stand-up comic, will you still love me? She said, yeah, I'll love you. I'll miss you. So, yeah, so, yeah, and then I heard now things are so bad. Her, I overheard, now, in Boston, my wife has a serious Boston accent and all that, and I overheard her talking to her mother, like, last week about, oh, you don't understand, Ma. You don't understand, Ma. He had a record bad year. He just had a, Casey had a record bad year. You know, like, I was going for the fucking record. Right? Like, no, this is as bad, just about as bad as it gets. Uh, so... I don't know. I try to find jobs and stuff like that, but I, I don't understand, like, uh, they have these, these the application process now has changed a lot in 20 years, right? It's like, I don't know if you guys know this, all these laws, I don't know what it's like in California, back where I live, Massachusetts, uh, well, in New Hampshire, you don't have to declare a federal criminal background on a job application, which is right by our state. In Massachusetts, you don't have to declare your criminal background at all. And if you live specifically in my neighborhood, you don't say nothing about nothing to nobody. <laughs> okay. Oh, the new stuff is killing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so people said, well, Casey, maybe it's because, you know, you smoke too much weed. And so that's why you can't get a job. Uh, you have a weed problem. I'm like, weed is not the problem. Earning enough money to smoke weed is the problem. That's why. I need a fucking job. And then people say, well, do what you love. And I think, well, weed reviewer, that would be the job for me, right? Great job. You know, I don't know if you guys ever heard the weed reviews, how, how eloquent and lovely they are. Like, this, oh, yes, it, you know, starts out cerebral, you know, settles into a body high. It has a musky scent with, you know, pine aroma. And that, you know, but I'd be concerned, like, all of my reviews would sound the same. and be like... <laughs> That one's pretty good. <laughs> I liked it. If you like weed, you probably like it. Um, so then I think, well, so then there's another job. I thought, well, do what you love. I think porn reviewer, you know, it's people that do that stuff too, like, you know, four boners, five and a half boners. And I thought, but, you know, again, I'm concerned that all my reviews would end up the same. You know, I'd finish off like, psh, 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 I'd be like, <sighs> That was pretty good. I liked it. If you like porn, you probably like it. Probably goes good with some weed. Um, <laughs> oh my God! What else are they talking about? Oh, the DNA stuff. You guys done the DNA stuff is very popular. You guys done any DNA? You haven't done the DNA testing. I finally got to take one of those DNA tests. Turns out I'm innocent. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, uh, I don't know why, the thing, the thing they don't tell you, I'm afraid to take that test. Like, we didn't wear condoms in the 80s. I don't know if they tell you this, but the test not only reveals your ethnic background, it also tells you who your fucking relatives are. Like, if they've taken the test, like, that's not always the happiest news for some people. Like, I've heard some stories, you know, like, can you, I think she called the home records kit or something. Like, hey, did you get your 23andMe results? I sure did, let's see. It says here I'm 50% French and 50% our neighbors, my dad. Um... 
But there's a, there's a postman in Kentucky that has 1,300 illegitimate children. One county, one guy. By the 23andMe people determined this. He wasn't even embarrassed about it. I said, well, I had a really good Johnny Cash impression. <laughs> like, really? That's, all, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's not even the joke. That's still the joke. It's, it's, I love it. But I had a really good Johnny Cash impression. I'm like, you're also, I'm, I thought it was like go on a date, you know, get engaged, get married, have a kid, get divorced, meet somebody, go on a date, get engaged, get married, have a kid, get divorced. You know, no, this guy just need a good rendition of Folsom Prison Blues. He's laying trim all over our county. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I've been married three times, and I don't think I would want to go through it, um, you know, again. Uh, I have a much younger wife now. The Well, I mean, the first time I should have known it wasn't going to work out. Let's put it this way. Um, here's a line you'll never hear. I was dating a stripper, and everything turned out great. <laughs> oh, So my wife a lot younger, and... Um, Sex toys become an element in the bedroom. And when there's a sex toy in the bedroom, I feel like a comic on a show when I'm not the headliner. You know, because like after, after the show to the headliner, my wife says, oh my God, that was fantastic. Then she looks at me and says, oh, you were fun too. Ah, something for the back of the room. So you guys want to have some fun? Now I got, I got, the, I got the room steaming for you, Anthony. It's just, it's just hotter than hot. Anthony, this man that I'm about to bring on the stage, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mangle this introduction just because he gave us a, ho a hosting lesson. Just an hour ago, I learned everything that I do wrong while emceeing from a grandmaster. But this man, I'm so glad to bring him up. He, is, he performs all over the county. Definitely listen to the podcast that he has on Mutiny Radio on emceeing. Please put your hands together for Anthony Medina. Hey. Going for Casey McNeil, yeah. Thank you so much. I think Casey, the last time I saw you was uh, in the Tenderloin the last last year or two years ago, man. So yeah, I'm glad you made it out, man. All right, because when you make it past the Tenderloin, man, you're gonna do some great things like fucking coming back to this Mutiny Comedy Festival, yeah. Uh, it was I used to work in the vibrator industry. Yeah, I used to be customer service manager for a vibrator company. So like a high-end one, all right? So it wasn't like I was working in like 16th and Mission and stuff, right? Uh, I was like, but like uh, we, I would have like people call in. There'd be a, some guys would be like, you know, I, I, want, I want to get a vibrator for my wife, but I'm afraid she might not need me anymore. And I was like, well, dude, I don't want to talk to you right now, you know? <laughs> I can see why, you know? And the tricky part too, I get it. I get it. Because the thing that separates what a vibrator can do is that it has RPMs. All right, you know what else has RPMs? A fucking car, y'all. All right, <laughs> a damn car has RPMs, but it's okay because they want that emotional connection too. All right, yeah. Uh, I had to leave the the vibrator industry though because it was a little shaky, you know. So there's my pun of the day right there, y'all. Um, it's trippy seeing uh the differences between pre-COVID to now post-COVID. Like um, you know, I'm a I'm a former Division One athlete in cross country. Thank you. So which means anytime a fight breaks out, I'm going to run and get help, y'all. I'm going to run and get help. But it's trippy because prior to COVID, you know, when like if you look at me for the people out there in the tune world, uh, I look like a Mexican lost samurai or some shit right now. All right. 
So, but also when you see this six foot Mexican running towards you, I can see why people would move away from me. You know, it looks like an Aztec coming for like, what the, what the hell? How uh, he, they're back. How did, how did this happen? You know, but like back pre COVID though, people were moving to me or moving away from me based on the color of my skin now, but post COVID it was potentially on what's on the inside of me. Yeah. So see sip weather right there. Y'all see sip weather. Uh, it was trippy, uh, just like kind of going through all this whole COVID thing. I, right before uh, that all went down, uh, my ex broke up with me. And then I qualified for the Boston Marathon a couple weeks afterwards, yeah? So just letting you know, um, you can fulfill your dreams. Just totally ignore your loved ones, yeah? Totally ignore your loved ones and you can accomplish your dreams. She wanted me to empathize. I wanted to exercise right there. What's it called? Uh, it's trippy though, like, cause I had to like live with like, right before lockdown went down, I had to live with like eight or nine other people in the same place, like three floors and stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is where my life is going right now. All right, yeah. But now I got uh, like a little studio in downtown. I actually were neighbors with Pam. So it's nice, we, I could send her smoke signals, you know? <laughs> you know, so. But it, it's trippy, like just seeing like how we are now. Like I'm glad things are opening back up because well, people are thirsty, y'all. People are super thirsty right now. It's to the point where fucking these dating apps are coming out with their own sports drinks. That's how thirsty people are. All right. Now you got Barry Swipe Right. Or aren't you a match? You know? So just letting you know. Uh, in my profile for my Bumble and stuff, I have, I just start off with three things because, you know, you just got to filter out some people, you know? And the first thing, like, it starts off with, uh, please swipe left if judgmental about cannabis. So, like, me and Mary Jane have been in a relationship longer than any other. So, I'm going to stay. I think that's why a lot of, like, my past relationships ended, too. You know, it's like, this guy smokes a lot. In the bathroom, too? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Helps relax. Uh, the second one is open relationships. Because I'm open to being fucked over, y'all. That's what that means right there. And the last one is LA sports teams, y'all. I know, like, people, like, like me, and then they find out from L.A., and they're like, ah, fuck this guy, you know? But it's okay, though. It's okay. That's how I got, and then not only that, um, I'm a teacher. So, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, I passed the FBI background check, y'all, all right? So, no felonies, all right? Now, misdemeanors. <laughs> now, you got to have a little bad boy side, right? All right. What's it called? Uh, I grew up in South Central L.A. A lot of people don't believe that because I'm alive. It was like some interesting wildlife in South Central. Uh, first one, uh, the hood rat or the hurata for the bilingual, yeah. You know, I, did, I thought they were just in South Central, but nope, they're also in college as well, yeah. And they're also in college. Another one wild animal is the ghetto bird. The ghetto bird, very exotic to the inner cities of America. Uh, it's a police helicopter, y'all. A police helicopter, all right. And then not only that, you ever see like in those documentaries where like animals team up to help each other like a little bird cleans off the rhino or something and then the rhino gives it protection and stuff same thing with this ghetto bird except it had a, a wild pig on the ground y'all all right has a very aggressive mating call kind of goes like get down on the ground you're like whoa dude we didn't even go to sizzler or nothing man come on at least entertain me uh i'm bilingual you know so Maybe that well, trilingual because I did do eight years of customer service at that vibrator company, you know. That's so why I like I talk like this, but when I go back to LA, I talk like this. 
But uh, is this like trippy just kind of being bilingual? It's good for you for when you're applying for a job or for when you don't want to talk to white people. You know? One time this white lady, she came up to me. She said, excuse me, son. Are you looking for God? And I responded back with, no, me speaky. Figure right away, right? No, she goes over, talks to a little Latina lady. She comes over to me says, oi, joven. Está piscando Dios. And I'm like, damn. They got me. So I'm Mormon now. Uh, I actually grew up Catholic because that's what happens when you're Latino in South Central and shit, you know? Like, uh, by the way, my mom actually started finding out I was masturbating. She started noticing all the crucifixes blindfolded, y'all. She's like, why can't Jesus see? I'm like, because he needs to give me an hour too, ma. All right? I give him an hour each week. He has to give me an hour too, all right? Uh, but it's trippy. Like, uh, I had a religious experience on an Uber pool. On an Uber pool, I had a religious experience. Uh, you know, I ordered the pool. And then as I'm waiting, because you got that 12, 15-minute wait, because, you know, you're, you're saving three bucks. Uh, <laughs> but, like, uh, I, as I'm waiting, it's uh, the Mormons are walking down. You know, and they're, you could tell they're like, they're, they're recruited, you know? <laughs> so I was like, just standing and you know, when, I, I'd be good pickup for any religion. You know what I mean? Like, if they, like this guy knows some people, you know, he could, he could bring others, you know? So, and then, you know, I'm also like to engage in a good conversation and stuff. And then I could tell they're going to come over. And you know, I was like, you ever tell yourself like, you know what, today I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to talk to somebody new and stuff like that. And then you get into it and you're like, damn, that was a bad decision. You know, uh, that's how I was with then. But then uh, my Uber showed up and my driver was Mohammed. So I was saved by Mohammed, y'all. I was saved by Mohammed. So I get into the car and stuff. And then next thing you know, I'm like, oh, thanks, Mohammed. You know, <laughs> thank you for that pickup. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, we just need to go pick up a uh, Jesus. I'm like, oh, no, I owe this guy money, you know. It's been a while since I've gone. And, you know, he's like, well, he always looked down at me like, where are you, Anthony? And I'm like, oh, I'm busy having a sex life. That's where I'm at, Jesus. Um, but yeah, that was my religious experience on the Uber pool. Um, it's like uh, cool being back with like SF doing its thing and stuff. Because like uh, it was just like trippy when everything was like locked down. And like the biggest club was like Trader Joe's at the time, you know. And it's like, I'm surprised Corona beer made it this far. You know, like there was talks, they were talking about like drop, like dropping and stuff. And like, you know, and, and it's trippy because like I look outside and it's like, oh, wow, this stuff's still going on. But we still got a lot of masks and stuff going on. I'm like, damn, every day it still feels like someone's going to rob me. You know, still that feeling. But it's be trippy to just kind of see like uh, what we get technology develops from this. Like, I think we're going to get like a, a lot more uh like, have you guys been seeing a lot of, like, the ED pills are all out now? And there's, like, there's, like, dozens of them now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, I guess I should invest now, all right? You know, late 30s, might might look into it. You know, have it in the back pocket for a quick sec. But uh, it's just also, like, like with the technology and stuff, like, I'm trying to, like, figure out, like, like uh, how people are going to move, you know? Because now, like, people are coming back out again. And I'm just like, you know what? We're going to shoot people out of cannonballs one day, you know? That's how it's going to be. Uh, it's trippy like going into like the VR world now VR like that stuff is way trippy because I'm like what the hell like how would you know what's reality after a while you know what I'm talking about and I'm just like it's just like life is going to be an ongoing thing of acid trips y'all all right it's going to be way out there I'm, I'm looking forward to uh the day when we come become one with the AI you know and then they're like eh, we don't need humans anymore uh yeah. 
All right. Like, that's trippy, like, how, like, uh, the AIs are going to, like, there are some out there, but I feel by now one would already taken over, you know? Because, like, they're so smart. They're, like, like, like there was one movie where, like, uh, they ended up becoming, like, in, like, multiple relationships, and they're able to sustain that. And I'm like, so the AI is bisexual. Okay. All right. And that is how it's going down. Uh, I do feel like by the time I'm in my 70s, I do believe they're going to offer me like, hey, why don't just download your consciousness into this robot? And I'm going to be like, I do have a lot of aches and pains, you know? <laughs> so that's going to be trippy. Whereas, you know, the, the kids these days, I ask them about that, about AI. It's like, or like in kind of becoming one with consciousness. Like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, what? No questions asked? <laughs> like, you don't want to uh, honestly hold on to your consciousness and be like, ah, you know? But like... You know, like it's it's just trippy. You know, like we're at we're, it's like we're on the verge of becoming like some type of super species, but then for some reason, like there's too much people like fucking shit up for us. <laughs> but kind of stay on your own path, y'all, because there's a lot of, like people who just don't like you. <laughs> like, and it's like you can't let them kind of hold you down. You know, at the end of the day, you're like, who, who are you going to be having sex with more than anybody else? All right, yeah, yourself, okay? So FYI, love yourself. I know it's tough for some comedians because they're like, oh, you know, like uh, you ever hear like that whole uh, tragedy is comedy or something like that? But I'm like, yeah, but that's from a society that pushes negativity. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like, like all the big drama stuff is like, you know, I've been seeing fights early in the morning, you know, on my phone. <laughs> like, I'm like, why is this poof punching this guy? I don't know, but I can't stop watching, you know? Uh, it makes me wonder, like, what if we saw, like, positive things, like, besides just puppies and cats, you know? But, like, uh, if you started, like, watching more things of how people are successful, how people are, like, doing things differently and, like, coming out of a rhino's butthole and stuff like that. It was, uh, I, I, I was just thinking about Jim Carrey there. I don't know why. <laughs> But, uh, like, I am looking forward to us kind of accepting the idea that maybe humans aren't not going to progress the world, you know? Because, like, as we kind of filter, like, you know, we're kind of part machine now. Because, like, you ever, like, be listening to your phone and then you pull out, like, your headphones are all, like, all over the place. Or you, you got your injected right now, you know? Like, we are already, like, part machine, y'all, all right? So... I'd like to have us have the discussion now of possibly humans are going to be something different in the future. And next thing you know, we're going to have this whole like catch 22 and stuff, but except we'll be aliens and we're not going to need to have sex because we're super happy <laughs> or like ultra thinkers. Ooh, we, I got, okay. I, I went to space there. I did. I, did. <laughs> I went to space. I like this guy over here, man. This guy's like in space right there too, baby. Woo. All right. <laughs> How much time am I doing, Pat? Oh, Casey. Oh, okay. How much you want? Okay, thank you so much, Casey. Thanks, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Like, uh, if anything's good seeing you, man. Like, uh, I like, I remember you from the last time and stuff, and I remember thinking like, oh, you know, my credit score was all good. I trust you, man. You know, all right. So thank you so much. Give it up for Casey McNeil. Yeah. And though you don't believe that they do. Anthony Medino. Yeah, we have a lot in common with the like the tough neighborhood stuff. Like, you know, you can shoot a few holes in the wall if you want me to feel at home. But you were talking about like the the ghetto burdens. Like where where I live in Somerville, like you never hear a siren. The cops are just always there. You're just like boo. You're like that's like a boo. And my neighbor's boo. 
Oh, my God. Are you guys having some fun? I'm having fun. Are we having fun? I think we're having fun. I'm having so much fun, I want to bring up another festival comic. He's a local guy from around here. We're so glad to have him on the mic. Dash Renault. Thank you, thank you. Dennis Hopper, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, Casey was talking about the whole 23andMe thing. My parents did that recently, and we found out that I'm related to Stephen Colbert. I hope he also got a notification. Uh, Anthony was talking about the experience of being Latino and dating. See, I'm paying attention. I'm doing the, I'm, I learned from your set about the, how important it is to follow people. My girlfriend is Latina. And uh, the other day I saw this t-shirt that says, chill out, bro, I'm legal. And I thought, man, I am totally going to have to get this for Jessica when she turns 18. <laughs> Of course, now you want me to reassure you that my girlfriend is not, in fact, 17. Of course not. I just said she hadn't turned 18, you know? She could be 14. I'm sorry. I know not all ladies are familiar with or comfortable with jokes about math. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, it's not like I could ask her for proof of identification. That'd be racist. You can't ask a Latina to see her ID. Come on. Um... I don't know if you've been to the zoo recently, but they've got these signs all over the zoo that says, no moleste los animales. Have you seen this? Well, like, what's going on in the Spanish-speaking community, you know? I tried to broach this with my friend who was like, no, 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 it's, it's just a bother. I said, no, it's not just a bother. You need to stop molesting the animals, seriously. Um, you know, back during the Trump administration, they were actually deporting people just for speaking Spanish. They caught a guy in Virginia speaking Spanish. They deported him for that. They need to send out a warning. I don't remember in third grade when I had to choose between Spanish and French. Like, one of these options might get you deported. The other option might get you a hand job in college. Um, I'm a doctor. Not, the, uh, not like a medical doctor. But, uh, you know, as long as Jill Biden's a doctor, then hashtag me as well. But uh, no, I, got, I got one of those legal doctorates. I mentioned that I'm a doctor in case there are any women out there listening uh, who might also be doctors because there's a study that says women with doctorates are principally interested in dating men with doctorates. And I think that's really interesting because there's also studies out there saying that men are principally interested in dating women under the age of 25. So those ladies better hurry up. Tight. That's a tight time gap. Um, but yeah, I live here in San Francisco. I'm a single dad. My son goes to public school here in the city. His mother is not pleased with that. She's worried that he's going to end up on the school-to-prison pipeline. I had to explain to her, Elon, I know you haven't been around much these past few years, but uh, our son is still white. Um, but it's pretty appalling that we have a school-to-prison pipeline in this country. Who signed off on that? I don't know if you've ever heard of a little project called Keystone XL, but it is almost impossible to get a pipeline off the ground in this nation, and yet we have a school-to-prison pipeline. Seems wrong. Um, parenting throughout COVID was difficult. It was very interesting trying to like raise a kid locked up in the house. I got to see my son's entire sixth grade experience play out right in my living room. The school bully would make him Venmo over his lunch money. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that he's back in school. I think it's much healthier that he gets bullied in person better. COVID was a weird time. 
I uh, I'd always wanted to have a rescue animal. Anyone else here fan of like rescuing pets and stuff, rescue animals? Yeah. I'd always wanted one. So at the beginning of COVID, I drove down to Stockton and I dropped my dog down a well. It's okay. We got Lassie's help. He's rescued now. Um, now, the one thing that prevents me from rescuing a dog, honestly, if I would really love to rescue a dog, but call me selfish. I could not handle it if someday his birth mother were to show and decide she's ready to take care of him, you know? See, the, the woman gets the joke about adoption. Men don't know about all of this. Um, this is fun. I'm so glad I get to participate in the festival. This is just my third year running, participating in the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, ladies and gentlemen. It's such an honor. Um, I had some really amazing barbecue recently, and I want to say that it was the best barbecue of my life. It was certainly the tastiest barbecue of my life, but the next day it made me violently ill. It gave me total food poisoning. And looking back on it, I probably should have picked up on the serious red flag, which is that the mother of the pit master, who was also really involved in it, found me in the restroom and said this one expression, I'm sure you've all heard at some point before, hey, shake it twice, after that you're playing with it. You guys remember hearing that? You've heard people say that before. What an uncannily immoral thing to say. That is just an abjectly wrong statement. No one just gives up after two shakes. You know, you're going to ruin the rest of your day if you try and call it at two shakes. You're going to be walking around like this with urine dripping down your pants. It's horrible. Also, the inference is that if you didn't stop at two shakes, you're now playing with it. It's like, what, am I supposed to finish masturbating in front of this urinal? Like, oh, now I'm telling jokes about terrible things as children are walking down the street. At least you close the door in time. All right, before we lose Anthony Medina, ladies and gentlemen, since he was talking about AI, I'm going to leave you with this little joke. It's one of these little insider tech secrets. Have any of you ever wondered why Siri, Cortana, Alexa, all these AI digital assistants, they're all female? Have you ever wondered why they're all female? I'll tell you the real reason. The real reason we make these digital assistants female is that creating a female digital assistant only costs 82% as much as creating a male digital assistant. Some good savings. All right, you guys have been amazing. Give it up for your man, Chase. Keep it going for Dash Renault. We're here at the 2021 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the sixth annual. Hosted, sponsored by the wonderful, immeasurable, innumerable, what other ables are there to describe you, Pam Benjamin? You're the ultimate-able, Pam Benjamin. Yay! And we are having some fun this afternoon. We're going to keep some comedy going. And so I want to bring up a man from Chicago. We had some very nice lunch the other day. Put it together for Ebo Brewer. I have a bad back. Uh, so I sit down. No matter what the situation, I sit my ass down. Um... Cops could pull me over and be like, sir, can you, can you do it? I'm not going to do shit but sit my ass down. All right, I'm going to sit on this curb and we handle this situation. I know I'm going to jail. I might as well sit my ass down right now and y'all figure out how y'all going to put me in jail. Because usually that's how a stop goes for me. It's like, all right, so when are they going to figure out when they're going to take me to jail? That's just, <laughs> that's just the thing. 
It's funny during the pandemic, um, there were still problems with uh, with uh, cops shooting black people. Um, I mean, like that. It, it's funny how being black was more dangerous than COVID. The cops, like, it's like I'm not gonna take that damn vaccine, but I'm gonna put my hands on a black person. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, it's funny because uh, the 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 vaccine. It made all the Black Lives Matter allies, that's what they call, you know, the, the people that are non-black that stand for uh, black rights, they're allies. I'm an ally. I'm like, you know that means that, 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 means that you're willing to um, sacrifice your life for a cause during a point of conflict. That's what an ally is. You're my ally. That means you're going against the access. And that means risking your life, but shit. Let it mean you keep having to wear a mask. You stop becoming an ally real quick. It's like, you didn't take the vaccine? Why didn't you take the vaccine? Well, systemically, there's a problem with vaccines and black people. So when we take a vaccine, usually there's some sort of experiment going on, which leads to things like sterilization, um, euthanization, and all sorts of different negative effects. So we don't really trust the federal government. Why don't you just put on the mask so I can go play? I mean, I see what you're saying, but all but can you just put on the mask so I can go play outside? There goes that fucking BLM shit. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, like, and then people like uh, they don't understand the concept of being black and what it entails, but they're ready to fight for it. It's like it's not it's not Coke versus Sprite, bitch. It's a it's it's a race. It's a, <laughs> there's a history involved, and right now they're trying to erase the whole history. And act like it, it it didn't exist. Like they're just trying to teach like slavery, smavery. <laughs> it's like uh, like they act like it's like slavery was the worst part of being black. Like the slavery because everybody's owned slaves. Slaves are a part of the human experience. There have been slaves from the beginning of time. Somebody was like, you know what, man? I feel like putting you in chains and making you do shit for free. That is just a part of being human. You know, but the, the the unique thing that happened in America after they freed us, they were like, hey, 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 what y'all doing over there? We're being free. You freed us. Remember, you said like, you know, emancipation, proclamation, you freed us. So we're going to go over here. We're going to build a town and, uh, you know, turn up. So uh, we're free over here. No, 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 y'all need to come. Y'all stay over there. We're going to be free. We don't need anything. We got everything we need. White people were not a fan of that at the time because um, we had all the skilled labor because of slavery. We knew how to do shit. Uh, and they were not a fan of that. They bombed us. As a matter of fact, every time there was an aerial attack in the United States, it was against black people. And there were multiple ones. Yeah, it is crazy. Isn't that crazy? Huh? Anytime planes were used, it wasn't against terrorists. Hmm? wasn't against an invading army. It wasn't even during World War II. Or the War of 1812. They didn't figure out how to fly yet during 1812, so. Mm. But they can get some planes in the air for some niggas. I tell you what, they bombed the shit out of us twice. And a lot of people know about, because of uh, Marvel, um, they know about, uh, you know, was it was Marvel did the Watchmen? No, it was somebody else did the Watchmen. It was Marvel? No, it wasn't Marvel. But some comic book show, they they figured out like, oh, that that that, that happened in the United. That that was real. That really happened. Oh my God, happened twice. 
there was this uh, organization called Move. They were uh, trying to just, just, man, we were just trying to feed ourselves. We were just trying to get away from, again, just getting away from white people. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, uh, y'all doing some fucked up shit to us. We're going to feed our children and whatnot and what have you. And we're going to have these buildings. Then we got bombed again in the 70s. These some good ass bombs. They lit the whole block. They lit blocks on fire. And then when the fire department came, they're like, no, 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 let that shit burn. Is that not fucked up? I know. I know. But here's the rub. Now, in 2021, they tell us, like, you know what, you guys, you need to pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. All right? Slavery was decades ago. You're still in poverty. You need to pull yourself up and stop stop making excuses all right stop making excuses black people build up your community so we can burn it to the fucking ground again because we love that shit that's what makes us happy i know it's uncomfortable i'm sorry white men i'm sitting here with three white men it's un- and you know what the thing is the thing that's beautiful about black people is that we don't hold a grudge we don't. Sometimes I wish we did, but we don't. We don't hold a grudge, you know, because we still, as much as you fuck with us, we still let you do shit with us. Look at Eminem. You know, we let Eminem in. Like, hey, man, you know what? I like those bars, fam. Come on. You know? Kenny G. He's like, hey, toot that horn, white boy. Come on. You need to take a lesson, white people. Let us get in on some freedom. You know, like we share our music, share some freedom. Let me walk down the street with a gun. I'm not gonna shoot you, I swear. I just like guns, it's, I'm a big fan, big fan of guns. Guns are fun. I mean, you could shoot them at anything and it's fun. But um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just wanna be a part of the whole American citizen process. I am a big fan of American citizenship. I would like to do that. It looks fun when I watch it. I was watching that thing that happened at the Capitol. That looked like a good time. Just walking into a federal building, throwing shit everywhere. Man, that's like, that's freedom. That's actual American freedom, and that looked like a good time. Uh, niggas can't get involved in shit like that. We can't, I mean, we can't even start a basketball game in front of the Capitol. If we just get there, it's like, there's five niggas there. That's a whole team. Shoot them. No. So uh, it was just fun watching freedom be expressed. Um, and you guys did it. You guys did a damn good job. I mean, I know it wasn't you guys because it was the people that didn't lose any rights. That is amazing. That's amazing in this country. Like people that don't lose rights be the most mad about rights getting lost. It's like they're taking away our guns, our jobs. It's like, do you have a gun? Yes. Do you have a job? Yes. The one that get taken away. Fuck you. All right? They're taking away our freedoms. Which one? You know what? You know, you're pretty, you know what? You, that's not the point, but they're going to win. I don't know. I don't get the debate. I don't get, I don't, I don't get the outrage. I don't get any of it. Because, like, as a person who doesn't actually have those rights, I'm like, what? like, so, uh, pray tell. What? have you lost over the past 10 years 
as far as freedoms to be expressed in this country. I'm just sitting there and just like, what, 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 like, have you, have you ever just been walking down the street and get the shit beat out of you? And not by somebody that was eventually caught and charged with the crime for imposing upon your rights. Anybody? 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 Any, any people? Are, no, no, no. Yeah, so you guys are still free. Hey, yay, America's free. It's a bastion of hope for everybody except a few people. And I don't understand how Asians skip the line. Like with freedom shit, like, like we were like, oh, Black Lives Matter. We're going to get rights. We're going to stop the cops from fucking with us. And then all of a sudden, we need to stop this Asian hate. What? What the fuck? What Asian hate? What is it? Everybody watched Crazy Rich Asians. They made a lot of movie money. What? What? And then the first person, you know, the first charge that was uh, the first time the law was used, the, the bill was executed against a person. You know who was executed against? A black woman in a nail shop because she didn't like the way her nails were done. That's what the fuck they supposed to do. What the hell? If anything, you should get my goddamn nails right. You you own the shop. And and an off-duty cop came by and was like, you know, I need to protect these Asians from this black woman's words. Because black words are apparently destroying Asians. We are good at making fun of Asians. I'm, I can't, I can't deny that. We will clown the shit out of some Asian people, and that will not stop. Not as long as they drive how they drive in Koreatown. I don't care what anybody say. You can, you could, you could cancel me. I've already been canceled. I don't give a shit. But as long as these motherfuckers do the turn signal right, take three lefts in one road. I don't even know how you do that. How do you make multiple lefts in the same road? Go to Koreatown. So, that's really all I wanted to talk about. Um, I'd like to thank you all, Caucasians. I appreciate you. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Ebo Brewer, ladies and gentlemen, I have only one correction. And that is a bold thing for a white man to say. But Ebo says, in 2021, they're telling us, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I got news for you, man. I'm 61 years old. They've been saying that shit for 70 fucking years. Okay, it ain't just 2021. Oh, now all of a sudden they're telling you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Meanwhile, you're in a, they got a system that's designed to fucking keep you down the whole time. And, yeah, so that's... That's my piece on that. So yeah, it ain't 2021. It's been that's been a fucking lifetime. Uh, that yeah. So we're having some fun now, and I want to bring up somebody that comes from my my neck of the woods. Uh, the first time I don't know, I think it was, maybe it was the first time I saw you. I don't know. Most of the time I've seen this man perform has been in a really, really nice little room in Quincy, Massachusetts, called Maggie's Lounge. We've done Pick a Side, Stupid There Together, a great podcast, and uh, some good shows in that, and he's hosted a great mic there, and I'd like you to put your hands together for Sean Rosa. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, uh, I am 
Yeah, uh, it's been nice to get out here and, and come to San Francisco. I've been here for a few days, and it's been so nice. Everybody is so kind and affable and just open with one another to the point where it's made me sort of have uh, like an existential crisis, you know, to the point where like I've I've kind of thought that maybe I don't have crippling social anxiety as much as I've just lived my entire life in Boston. You know, it's just like, oh, maybe conversations are a lot easier when you're not worried that somebody's going to yell at you because the Red Sox played that day. Um, yeah, San Francisco is very, very nice here. I saw something that I had never seen before here when I was walking around. I saw a padlocked porter potty uh, i had never seen anything like that before i was like wait are are they concerned that people are going to steal the poop like that like like poop thief sounds like a weird crunchy slur for gay people anyway it's like oh the you got to watch out for the poop thieves in the castro um i I suffer from uh, major depressive disorder. I'm really glad there's been such a huge push in the last few years to destigmatize depression and anxiety, uh, especially because it enables younger and younger children to come forward about their experiences with mental illness. And like I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder when I was 20, and the worst thing about being diagnosed with major depressive disorder at 20 is they don't let you redo school. You just gotta play on with the shitty score that you shot. You don't get to call a mulligan or anything. It's just like, oh, I had this debilitating disorder that caused my grades and social skills to suffer. That explains everything and changes nothing why would you tell me about that i am so like there is like i i feel it it's great to talk about mental illness and the i think the more that people talk about it the easier it becomes um there is this persistent idea this idea that stand-up comedians are all these irreparably broken sad clown people and that could not be further from the truth that is not even remotely the case most people who do stand-up comedy are happy healthy well-adjusted people and that makes it so much more incredibly frustrating that i am not Oh, it's like, oh, I could have been fine and things would have still... Um, I started seeing a therapist uh, during COVID, a new therapist, and it's been very nice. Uh, therapy online, doing therapy online has been really great because it makes up for all the other times my computer has told me to kill myself. It's like, oh, I, uh, this new therapist is great. Better never uh, get into an argument about which video games are good and, or not. Um. 
I I think that dealing with depression has made me a much more empathetic person. Uh, you know, just trying to relate to people and their experiences. Like, for example, like one of my best friends came out as transgender a few years ago. And talk, like, it, it was really great having somebody, like, that I knew that well come out to me. And, like, before she had ever come out publicly, it felt really good. It felt like I got to meet someone I had known. Like, it, it felt like I got to meet a friend of mine again for a second time, which is great for me as somebody who suffers from crippling social anxiety. Because, like, I love meeting new people as long as I'm well acquainted with them first. Like, I remember, you know, there, there are, um, like, I remember, like, th like, when she came out to me, just reading and studying up on, like, trans issues and culture and things like that, and I realized that I, I, I think the trans community got it right with the whole having you you can just pick your own name. I think more people should adopt that. Like like I think cis people should adopt that. Like if you are like, you know what? Screw Dave. I'm Andre now. You don't have to be trans to be Andre. You don't have to be a giant to be Andre. You could be Andre of any size or any gender. But like, like I like my name, but that doesn't change the fact that I am a Sean from Boston. You've maybe heard, you've been listening to me for a little bit. I don't really present as a Sean from Boston. If you're hanging out with your friends and one of them says to you, yeah, hey, uh, my friend Sean from Boston is gonna come by. Your first thought isn't sensitive heartthrob? I, I can't wait to meet this this uh, handsome poet genius. No, your first thought is, oh no, I'm going to watch a man yell a racial slur at a fire hydrant. And it's not a question of if, but which one and why. Um, before, like, my friend who's transgender, she told me this story about how the first time she had ever tried to come out to somebody, and it was in high school, she told her high school girlfriend that she had this feeling that she was a woman inside and that she wanted to live, hopefully, at some point in her life, live her life as a woman, and which is such a heavy, heavy thing to have to come out and tell somebody, especially in high school, because I don't know if you've met high schoolers not the best with expressing themselves and their emotions. Like, for example, when I was in high school, I didn't feel comfortable telling people that I didn't think the band Fallout Boy was that good. Which, uh, if you can't see me, uh, you know, I, I just have this swoopy hair, and it was even swoopier in high school. So, that I know what it feels like to tell people that maybe your insides and outsides don't quite match. Um, but her high school girlfriend told her, oh, if you were to ever come out as a woman and live your life as a woman, that's great, but I would break up with you because I'm not attracted to women. 
And I just thought, my first thought when she told me that was, tell me where she lives right now. I will fight her. I, I don't know how great of an ally you think you are, but, I don't, but you, have you ever threatened to find a stranger, knock on their door, and when they answer, shake them to the point and scream in their face, don't you know that love conquers all? But my friend, she was so cool about it. She was like, no, don't you understand that? That is like, that was her way of affirming my identity and respecting my, my feelings about myself and the way that I identify. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. That is the nicest way anybody has ever said no homo. Uh, all right, that's, uh, I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. And uh, let's give it back to Casey McNeil. Keep your hands going for Sean Rosa. Yeah, I think, I think I want to be, yeah, I want to be known now as Maurice Fierro for the rest of the day, Sean. Okay. I won't take out, but Maurice Fierro sounds good. That's I think Sean's right. You shouldn't have to be like transgender to be able to do bold and unusual things in your life. Like like you guys know who the who the coach is the the of the of the Patriots, Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think it would be really cool to find out that he celebrates a win by going home and dressing in drag and playing with My Little Pony or something. I think that <laughs> a real win for the rest of us. Uh, so let's. Uh, I got. I have to have the list now. So I can keep this list going. Okay, we do have a great list. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad to see this name on the list. We have a great guest with us here right now. Please put your hands together for Lou Wyatt. Do you? Yo, yo. How is everybody? Me too. Me too. Hashtag me too. Um... Sorry, that just came out. Um, no, I've been doing some soul searching lately, and uh, might be a little controversial to say, but I found out I was racist. I hate white people. <laughs> I fucking hate us. It's embarrassing. We claim white privilege doesn't exist. Explain tiny houses to me. You're never watching TLC, and it's like Tyrone and Shaniqua. <laughs> like, yeah, we really want to downsize from this apartment in the projects. <laughs> you know, it's always like this white couple, it's like, you know, we just couldn't keep up with the six bedroom house. Um, we wanted to uh, live a little more minimal minimalistic. Like, so you wanna pretend to be poor? <laughs> Is that, <laughs> that's what's going on? It's upsetting because my mom is in a tiny house, so <laughs> this is clo close to the heart for me. I hate my mom. She was also white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like, you know, so much white pride these past few years, the Trump years, I'd say. Kind of freaky, you know? Like, uh, Florida's pretty prideful. But I feel like Texas kind of takes the cake, <laughs> you know? It's like run by a bunch of old whites. So I guess the abortion thing makes sense, right? <laughs> Because, like, if I was an old white guy running Texas, I don't want anybody to know I got my daughter pregnant. <laughs> so, <laughs> their excuse is they don't trust the doctors. <laughs> but, you know, 
abortion's a pretty t- touchy subject. Um, I do like when celebrities get involved in these conversations. You guys uh, know Uma Thurman? Quentin Tarantino heads out there? Sweet, sweet. Me too. Um, yeah, she came out with a story uh, just to get in the conversation. She was a young actress, 15, traveling around Europe, you know. She fell in love with an older guy. She never said who. But um, she got knocked up, and uh, it pretty much would have ruined her career. We would have never seen the twist in Pulp Fiction, you know. Never seen Poison Ivy in live action. <laughs> she could have not done that one. But, um, but you know, she said she, she had a difficult conversation with her parents, and they came to the decision that, you know, the point is she had a choice. She made the choice. It was her choice. But the weird thing about it, <laughs> she said she had already named the kid Bill. So <laughs> she killed Bill, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's where they got the idea for the movie. <laughs> I'm just trying shit out here, OK? <laughs> but again, like I said before, I'm racist, um, which sucks, because I did a 23andMe to try to like justify my racism, and I found out I was 53% Nazi. Bummer. <laughs> so, any Jewish people, I apologize. But I'm also 0.3% North African, so y- you guys owe me an apology, kind of. <laughs> having fun. We're having fun. Mutiny Radio. Love it. Um, any relationships? You guys dating anyone? Cool. <laughs> Happy to hear it. Uh, sometimes I get into fights with my girlfriend, you know. There's things that you can't help. Not everyone lines up politically, as we've learned by watching the news. Um, but yeah, I was in the bathroom one day. I forgot my phone, and when I don't have my phone, I just start to read some labels, you know, like toothpaste, soap. I usually do this so I can set stuff aside to test out on my dog if it hasn't been tested on animals, because I want to make sure it's good enough for me. Um, but no, I got to her tampons. Luckily, those were tested on animals, so <laughs> didn't have to put one in Frank. Um, but yeah, it said made in Israel on them. And for a guy who just found out he was 53% Nazi, this is a bummer. You know? Um, I was upset and I came out and I'm like, babe, are you taking a stance here? Picking sides? You're going to support Israel with your own blood? Um, baby, I don't think you should trust them with your vagina. They can't even contain their own mess. You know? There's like as many dead children in Israel as in Texas. That's another thing. Back to abortion, <laughs> the fun stuff. I don't understand. Like, at least if the doctors do it, don't they go to heaven still? Because I've heard some stories about babies like hanging themselves and <laughs> get it. It's an umbilical joke. Maybe I should have cut the cord on that one. <laughs> oh God. Hopefully I do better later. <laughs> but uh Yeah, dude, and like everyone's upset, like Confederate monuments, take them down. I'm like, yeah, we could take them down. 
But why don't we just build like a little theme park, call it like Ku Klux Disney Clan or something, I don't, you know? And all the racist whites can go to like Minnesota and check out their statues, but if they hand in like their clan hood, they get free entry so they can never hide behind a mask again. <laughs> you know, keep everyone happy, I don't know. Um, hmm. No, sorry, I was just thinking about how much I hate you white people right now. <laughs> sorry. I just remembered I just remembered why I hate you guys. You have no sense of humor. No <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what it's all about. Um anyone have a racist grandma? Perfect. Uh my grandma's so crazy. Uh the first time I introduced my girlfriend to her she knew we were moving to San Francisco. She loves Fox News, let's just preface it with that. She goes, hey, if you guys run into Nancy Pelosi on the street, could you shoot her? <laughs> this is my grandma, hey. <laughs> this is what you're getting into. But, I mean, I guess she does have dementia, so. She gets to play that card. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to say the N-word at brunch. <laughs> like, shut up, Grandma. <laughs> Crazy bitch. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania. If that seems cool and fun and interesting, probably not. But, uh, you know, another reason I did that 23andMe was just to make sure that I was fucking my cousin. It's kind of what we do there. I have it, uh, my sex sheet. I put a little hole in it. No, f no kissing, no face stuff, you know, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Back to the tampons though. Uh, we, we, we did come to, uh, what I like to call our peace agreement, kind of. It's like, I'm like, all right, baby, you can use these. Israeli tampons, but we're only using butt plugs that are Palestinian in this household, okay? You want to put a little Israel in you, I'm going to put a little Palestine in me, okay? Like, <laughs> that's how this shit goes. Give and you get. Even trade. But anyway, I think I'm going to get the hell out of uh, here, and uh, yeah, thank you guys for being fun, and uh, we'll see you around this week for the Comedy Fest. I plan to sweeten this tape later <laughs> for my joke. I lose talking about that DNA we established. I am afraid to do that. I already know how my results would turn out. I'm 50, I'd be 50% Irish and 50% hillbilly. It just means I grew up too lazy to beat my children. Some of you are like, no, wait, which side is the... But no, yeah, it's like my kid has, you know, I have the ADHD, and my child also has that. He's 11. You know what they give the kids for the ADHD? Speed, meth, methamphetamines. I'm like, that's great. Just throw in a drum set and a pitcher of Kool-Aid. I'll shoot myself on Friday. Um, but now I'm the laziest parent ever because when, you know, he gets out of line, I'm like, I'm like, listen, hey, you, come on, get over here. Take my phone. Go play that game you like. Now, you give me any more lip, you'll, I'll give you the tablet. You'll be out of my hair for hours. Uh, so, are you guys ready to keep this going? Yes, we are. Woo! <laughs>
So now we've got a great comic all the way up from Los Angeles, I would say, right? She's from Los Angeles. And she's very, very funny. I've enjoyed her sets all week. Please keep your hands going for Christy Barnard. Brought my own mic. I also brought my own lunch because I didn't know what you all were serving here. <laughs> JK. Uh, did anyone uh, up their drinking in the quarantine? I definitely did. I was drinking a lot. Did anyone reach that stage where you would just break a dish so you wouldn't have to wash it? I did. It's because... Um, Drunk uh, dishwashing is is very clumsy. The soap is very crazy. Uh, so I was <laughs> walking down the street a couple days ago and met a very cute dog, and I asked the owner what, th- what its name was, and she said, Carl with a K, like I was about to write him a check. Um, and I think she just wanted me to know that it was like Carl as in Marx, not as in Winslow. Um, so that's fine. Uh, so I am an attorney. I think you guys, uh, have known this, uh, after hearing a few sets of mine. Um, and one of the interesting things that we had to do was, uh, conduct investigations, workplace investigations. Like if there was a report of discrimination, we would go in there, conduct an independent investigation. One time I was interviewing a C-suite gentleman um, in this company, and I asked him if there were any instances of racism or sexism he had witnessed. And he said that one time after a board meeting, uh, he and a bunch of the gentlemen went to dinner, and somebody brought their friend who was black at the time. <laughs> I was like, hold on, black at the time. Is he still black? And also, are you that uncomfortable saying black that you have to hedge it with being like, as far as I know for now, I haven't double checked. Uh, And then he went on to say, and somebody at the dinner table said something like, DC is too black. But I knew what he meant. He said, and what was that? And he said, he meant politically. And I thought, that's not better. Still <laughs> still bad. So sometimes you just have to keep a straight face uh, when you're interviewing people. And that's the, the hardest thing to do is interview people without judgment on your face. Because I've been told I have very expressive eyebrows. And that's why I can no longer practice law. Um, yeah. So I am trying to think if I want to like do some new things or is this just kind of like a free for all? All right. So in the, in the law, law theme, I think it is insane that we still have juries. I know that like Part of the Constitution, the whole point of constitutional right, you have a jury of your peers, right? And that is presumably so that there is a modicum of reasonableness or at least some sort of 
uh, universal moral standards about how a reasonable person would act in a certain situation, whatever, whatever. But like, I think we're at the point in history now where like, I, I wouldn't even put away, I wouldn't turn off my phone and listen patiently to anybody, let alone a, a two strange attorneys <laughs> in a jury. And it's just wild that at any moment's notice, the government can be like, hey, what's up? Are you busy? Cancel your plans for three weeks. Turn off your phone and come over and listen to a series of facts and witnesses. And you're going to have to decipher the credibility of both of them. And then you're going to have to make a decision about who will live or die. You busy? Doesn't matter. It's a crime not to come. Um, so, yep. So that was basically, if, if I, if somebody had said this bit in front of me, I would have been like, so your point is juries are weird. Got it. Um, I just think that we're no longer, P peers is a really, uh, really generous word. Because if you've ever uh, been in a jury in, in LA County, and I, I'm not even sure, I'm not even, I'm, I just, I just don't know what, what peer group, what, what that means. I think peer, I'm going to need to, I'm going to need a dictionary. Um, I once had to go to a foreign, uh, and by foreign, I mean unfamiliar courtroom, uh, in Benicia, I think, or no, Martinez, Martinez, which is like an hour north of here, north and, uh, east. And I was looking it up on Google and... There was a Yelp review. There were Yelp reviews for this courtroom. And I know that there are Yelp reviews for everything. But it's just bizarre. Like, somebody gave one star because they were denied their constitutional rights, but then added flaming hot Cheetos in the vending machine were exquisite, however. Fair trade. Um, no, that's not true. I just don't think that you should... I think there are some things that you shouldn't be able to... Um, leave Yelp reviews for. All right. Do a couple of ones that you've probably heard already. <laughs> What's your name? I haven't met you before. Did we meet? Yes, we have. Yeah, we have. Yes. Wait, don't tell me your name. Okay, good. I'll think of it. Um, I remember because you, you told me you had a tag for me one day and then you never, you never followed up with it. All right. You couldn't remember what it was. All right, well, let's let's jog your memory, shall you? Shall you? You went up already, didn't you? It was about Brett Kavanaugh. All right. So let's go there. So, as you know, there's a lot of condescension if you're a female in any industry. Law, comedy, doesn't matter. Pick your poison. Um, case in point, I once got... A little notebook at a female workshop for or, or workshop for female attorneys. And the notebook said she believed she could, so she did. It's just great, but also insulting because uh, uh, no male would ever get a note a little notebook like small for your little thoughts. That said, he believed he could, and that's because it, if they made that notebook for men, it would just say he did it. <laughs> he did it, and he got away with it. He didn't even get jail time. He's on the Supreme Court now. That one. And that joke 
is about everyone on the Supreme Court currently. <laughs> yeah. I do like having an analytical mind, but sometimes you do have to turn off the faucet. Sometimes you bring, you know, you bring a gun to the knife fight, so to speak. I was once at a restaurant and asked, hey, which is more popular, the chicken sandwich or the turkey sandwich? And she said, oh wait, now I fucked up the joke, I'll start over. Which is better, the chicken sandwich or the turkey sandwich? And she said, well, the chicken's more popular. And I said, not my question! And was politely escorted out. One star. I don't know. I do like to be in LA, even, I, I mean, I, I haven't been there for that long, I moved back, but it, it's, it's really fun, you get to know a lot about everyone you meet. Um, it's the only place I've ever been where your waiters will tell you their dietary restrictions, and that's really fun. I once asked the waitress, how's the burger here? And she said, oh, you know, I'm actually abstaining from meat and I'm on a cleanse right now. I said, oh, are you abstaining from doing your job as well? Because this is not helpful. I didn't say that. I said, not my question, and then was politely escorted out again. Can you believe this was on the same day? So upsetting. Then I went to a third restaurant, third time's the charm. So I says to the guy, I says, do you eat meat? He says, ma'am, this is a pet store. So stupid. Said, but answer the question. Um, you, yeah, you gotta listen to the answers they're not answering. Um, so, this is me humming into the microphone so everyone at home listening on the radio knows I didn't die, didn't drop dead. Um, So, I was raised Christian like many people in this room. And I still identify as a Christian, but I know how off-putting it is to be a Christian because when I meet another Christian, especially if they put on the dating profile, I'm like, ew, what kind? On the count of three, let's just say what Jesus' race was. One, two, three. Oh, no, sorry, not my kind, not my kind of Christian. No, 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 no. I disagree. Oh, no, did I just delete that? I think I just accidentally deleted it's fine we'll, we'll get it back later okay so <laughs> I wonder how is there any way to tell if there's anyone actually listening Pam is there any way to tell if anyone's actually tuning in that's not how the radio works Christy it's like radio waves okay all right well I was at a bar the other day with a friend. We were just hanging out. She's on the rebound right now because she broke up with somebody. I didn't realize how on the rebound she was because we were we met these guys and we were kind of flirting with them. And then she just started getting really aggressive and was like, yeah, well, I fuck on the first date. So, And I was like, Jesus, I thought I was flirting when I asked the other guy, like, so do you watch Ted Lasso? <laughs> Clearly I was not. I think that there is a formula, the more disclosure you have, 
the more effective your flirtation is, but only up to a certain point. So like up here, a little bit of information, like I'm a Libra. All right, a little bit of information, a little effective. Up here, a lot of information, like something like, I like to be blindfolded during sex. That's a lot of information. That's a very effective flirt. But then uh, there's a, such a thing as too much disclosure, like uh, I have depression, anxiety, and HPV. It goes all the way back down. So it's like a bell curve, you know? So you just want that sweet spot um, of, of disclosure and fl flirtation. I'll write down the mathematical formula later for you if you're interested. Um, but I do, I do have a hard time on dating apps because I flirt like I'm the sole woman in a 1940s newsroom. I'm like, hi, you fellas. That pickup line's so stale. You take it to the park and feed the ducks, you see. And I once started a Bumble message with the word break tell. He didn't respond, and that's okay. I respect him more because of it. Um, <laughs> so I'm wondering if anyone has put fitness as an interest in dating apps. Have you done that? Yeah. I can't stand that because when I see that, it's like, oh, it's not swimming, not biking, just fitness. Presumably, it's my fitness they're interested in. Like, it's basically like, you're putting fitness, you're not into fitness, you're into hot people. Just say that. It's like when guys write, looking for a cool girl with no drama. That means, please don't share any of your feelings with me. And that's fine. It is really nice to not be at a law firm anymore. Um, I went from just spending day after day after day chained to a computer for 10 hours, just absolutely hating my job and hating life. And now I get to spend day after day after day chained to a computer for 10 hours, hating myself. Way, way much, more of an upgrade, I would say. Um, I'm gonna have one more crack at this. I think my dad became a doctor just so that nobody would tell him what to do. <laughs> like, he always sits outside in the sun for hours and hours and hours, and he just is like, it's so dark, and he has all these like little like moles, and I'm really worried about, and I'm like, Dad, really gotta put sunscreen on, and he's like, it will be fine, I'm fine. And then I'm like, Dad, I, I think that's, that one looks really bad. That mole, you should really check that out. And he's like, which one of us is the doctor here? And I have to shut the fuck up because he really, he, he, he wins that one. Um, all right. I've heard one more thing. I've heard that a lot of people are like into incest porn. Call me old fashioned, but I'm just not into that whole concept of incest porn. Call me really old fashioned. And I'm back into this idea of incest porn. <laughs> all right. That's going to be all for me. Thanks for listening. Give it up for Casey McNeil. My mic is on Christy Doing all original material. Albeit one joke, I think. 
I saw all that shit is new, and I loved it. Give her another hand because I heard her working on that, and that's why I know how good it was. Everyone in the room was dying. They were, and I no no. I mean, everybody was dying laughing. It was great stuff. The whole room, and it's good. No, I loved it. I. It's okay. We're workshopping. We're we're. You did crush it. There's three people in the room, and we were all laughing. How much fucking better can you do than that? Three people all laughing. Now, that's good. When you got a room of three, and they're all, you're doing better than I did, so don't sell yourself short, because I didn't get the laughs from these fuckers. All right? So, knock it off. All right. So, yeah, and I'm still workshopping, because I can. We have another comic to come up, but I'm going to do this bit, because I, I want it, because I, it's, it's not even written. Um... <laughs> Sean made me think of this. He was talking about Boston people and their their personality. Uh, they have a very interesting person. They have a very interesting way of showing love. When I first moved to Boston, I remember it was the middle of wintertime, and I walked out in front of this hotel, and I slipped out of my feet, and this bam, right, fell right on my ass. These two guys came out to me and said, hey, hey, you all right, kid? Said, hey, you all right, kid? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. They're like, great. Could you do that again? I'm, but what I... Come, I just recently found this out. I don't even know how true this is, but for the purposes of the joke, it is true. Um, I have heard that, you know, English people did not have the English accents that they have now in the time of the Revolutionary War. And then in point of fact, Bostonians spoke largely the way they do now back then, and that that's supposedly the oldest accent and most original, you know, accent and the accent everybody used in those times. And I just think to myself how much less romantic history is when I think about Bostonians back in, you know, the revolutionary times, like, like Paul Revere's ride day, you know, it's like, those rat bastards are coming. No, they're coming. We got to make the ride and do the church and all that shit. No, you, <laughs> yeah, we're going to meet at Moz for coffee after. No, Sully, it's fucking, no, Sully, it's fucking one if by land, two if by sea. Yeah, meet a meet a moss for coffee cake after. <laughs> no, no, don't bring Sheila. Tammy can't stand her. <laughs> so that is in its infantile stage. So thanks a lot for a giggle. I'll take a giggle on that. And now I have a comic that is that I have to tear away from deep conversations in order to be brought up on the stage. She is the founder of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We love her. She has been an absolute gem for years in this thing. I can't believe all the work that she does, and she's still funny. Please put your hands together for Pam Benjamin. I'll just use this as an impassioned plea to say, please, if you're listening, come to the Scott Capro headlining show tomorrow. Please. Uh... I lied to him and told him that there might be 80 people to- total, and they were like, ooh, that's not good. You need to have a consolidate to one show. And I was like, I was so inflating my numbers. When 12 people when twelve people walk in, that's going to be mass humiliation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, uh, I was going to do jokes, but I'll just, I'll just run one because I've um, you were talking about football or Bill Belichick or whatever. I'm kind of mad at that that guy that 
Who's that perfect guy? Tom Brady. Well, like, he, uh, I feel like they're misusing his talents. It makes me kind of angry, you know, because they keep having him run around on the football field throwing the ball, and really, they should just lock him in a closet, and he should be jizzing in cups. So he can impregnate as many women as possible, because there's, there's the next president in that nutsack. I'm sure of it. Get him off the football field and into everyone's hearts. I mean, vaginas. I learned a lot about, you know, being a woman from reading the Bible. And it did. Everything I know is from the, the book of Esther, really. The incredible book of the Bible, Esther. She saves the entire Jewish people. How does she do that? She clever, good at puzzles, incredible orator. Nay. <laughs> she had a hot rack, didn't look Jewy. Her name was Sadasa. They changed it. That was it. She just didn't look Jewy. Okay, well, impassioned plea because tomorrow, like, even tonight, you know, usually my uh, Santo shows on a Wednesday always have like 20 people, and there's nine people coming to two shows. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Is it because. But then it's like, if you don't charge money, people don't have see value in it. You have to charge them something so they see value. But then if they don't want it, they're like, I ain't gonna pay. So it's like, do I just take the ticket price? I don't know what to do. Anyways, enjoy the rest of the festival. Stage time in front of no one, yay. We know that we're rallying the Mutiny Radio Army. To come out to to El, the El Rio Theater tomorrow, two shows with Tony Sparks. One one show. It's oh, at eight o'clock. Show. It's at eight o'clock. I had to consolidate. There's only eight, one show now. One show at eight o'clock with Scotty Capuro and Tony Sparks, as well as all a great selection of Mutiny Radio comedy fest folks. So come on out, get your tickets while you can. We've been here at the 2021 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the sixth annual, doing a little working out this afternoon for you, just for you. We have jokes for each and every one of you. We don't know when they'll hit you. <laughs> so you have to stay tuned in. All right, we're going to be back very soon. And the count now is one and one to Jackie Robinson. Billy another manic depressing adolescent stares at death now what's left when there ain't no god and a whole lot of pride it might be a homicide so let the drama slide we don't want no problems big get your name in the obituary column shit because life is too short and it just gets shorter i wish i had a quarter for all my people they slaughter last year alone in the dead zone walk straight but don't walk late because i'm coming with a hate only made from what it made me because nobody ever played me now it's only getting Worse. Buckshot and ace in the land of the waste, kicking you in your face. We be doing it up Brooklyn style. What does it take to get you out? My mentality is getting iller, killer. 
instinct is trying to infiltrate, but wait. I know you want to enter, but I can't let you in. My mind stays the maddest. I'm gone with the wind. Because it is survival of the fittest. When the shit hits the fan, I got my shank in my hand. Black man with the permanent tan. I come from the villa, never ran. Damn, I'm feeling another part of reality. Hit me when I represent the FAP. Straight from the hill till then play the building. I mean literally when I say I make a killing. For my cypher, see I'm feeling the Buster Piper. Original heads represent the Brooklyn all night. Do or die, I'm saying it's you or not. Bring your click so we can get stoned like family slide. Need to see I in the bush. Biting my team, rocking the rock, giving the push. We did it like that and now we do it like this We did it like that and now we do it like this Go inside your mind and find a time that you miss And just think about the steel in your fist It's just an extension of your arm It's that ghetto type of charm that makes all the homeboys swarm Can I drop the bomb? Oh yes I can Move with the grooves, move like Gigi Dan Who is the man? That kid there Who is the chick with the pick in her hair? Angela or uh, Davis, and we roll like Avis. Rent a car, kid, there you are. You know where to find me whenever you need me. If you know the app, follow the path to the land of the aftermath. But don't frolic in the mix, crazy-ass Brooklyn kids. Cause they always throwing a body on my lawn. I'm getting a rock while I'm without a collar. Get off my block, boy, and give me a dollar for the trouble. Or get blown up like a bubble. Now let's take a sec to think back. Of the 7-0, but Brooklyn was the place to go. Flow on the journey up the crown heights. Habits feel, feel the real, the real on your life. Right, individuals live in the PJs. DE will check my DJ. Hey, play what I wanna play in the day. But in the night, I feel the right. Took the left, Bucktown, Brooklyn, break it down. Head from state to state, travel as I unravel the rate. How it tap Scott and Sutter. I remember way back in the days playing hot piece of butter. Brother, if you want another lesson. Take it back, blacksmith and wrestling. Press your luck, you get stuck by buck. Pull your box. Master Ace has the taste for ducks and duck sauce. So tell Lord Digger, dig a grave for the bones. Sticks and stones while I kick some ancient homes through your domes. Act with back to attack your homes. So tip, can I flip? Yes, you can. I'm in the world war with Muhammad, my man. Feels so good to be a Brooklyn Dodger. <laughs> What's happening to rerun and Roger? I think I seen him wearing Timberlands and running down the block from Dwayne. And Dwayne had a Glock. Cause he be selling rock for the Partridge family. And Ruben Kincaid drops a 300E. And he be pimping Chrissy from Three's Company. Plus he stuck Mr. T for all his jewelry. This is the 70s thing from the days when kids didn't act so crazy. <laughs>
Mutiny Radio listeners, it is 6 o'clock. It is time for the happy hour open mic, the happiest hour of two hours of comedy on the airwaves, streaming live through the internet. No FCC regulations, so if you hear some fuck swears, that's probably going to happen. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. You're listening to mutinyradio.fm in .sf. And uh, all the comedians are late tonight, except for one who is far, far down on the list. So that's interesting. Um, But they're outside, and we'll see when they decide to come in. And we'll get the show started when we have uh, at least a quorum. I want to have at least five comics here, otherwise it just doesn't seem like an audience now, does it? So until then, enjoy some of the Crooklyn soundtrack like it because it's mixed and varied and we have a mixed and varied group of comedians here tonight on mutiny radio
right, it's time to get started here at the happy hour. A lot of comics haven't made it, and I heard that there was bad traffic. Oh, okay, great. I'm so glad you're here, because we got to get started, because I have places to go tonight. I got things to do. Uh, All right, so we do four-minute sets at three minutes. You'll hear the horn. I try to do it on a punchline. Put your hands together for your first comedian of the night, everybody. Ian Langland. Kidding. Okay, I gotta do this. Hey, what's up, everybody? How we doing? Lord, I'm cold. Whose nipples are hard? There we go. I like that. Thank you, sir. We got two uh, Mark Neuers outside. That's good. That's that's Mark Neuer if he stays on the path he's on right now. From a distance, I was like, are there two of him now? That's wild, bro. Anyway, God bless those two out front. I'll get to a joke. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm I'm trusted too easily. I don't know what it is about me, but uh, that's not funny. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like something something about me makes people want to say things to me that I never wanted to know. Like I feel like I draw people's uh, they get they get disarmed around me. My first day working with this guy is this on? It is okay. First day working with this guy, our first day together, we were getting something explained to us by a female coworker, and uh, the moment, wait, <laughs> is it okay now? Okay, good. Let's calm. Let's go back. Anyway, I'm trusted too easily. I was working with this guy. It was our first day working together, and we were getting something explained to us by this female coworker. And the moment she walked away, he stopped, he turned to me, and he goes, hey, man, between you and me, I'd tap that. Now... I think he should have kept that between him and him, in my opinion. I didn't want to know that at all. Now I got to walk around with the burden of that knowledge. That sucks. I don't want to know these things. I don't know what it is. I I just exude trust, I guess. You know how many women will leave me their drink when they go to use the bathroom at the bar? Too many, in my opinion. Too many. They don't know who I am. Maybe I'm dangerous, okay? I'm not, but maybe I am. Maybe this six one Stranger Things character has a trick up his sleeve, is all I'm saying. You don't know me. You don't know my story. The truth is, though, they're right. They're right. I'm going to fucking guard that drink with my life. That is the truth. Uh, <laughs> the worst thing I'm going to do the drink is maybe I'll pop an Alka-Seltzer in there if their tummy hurts. That's it, though. That's all I'm going to do. Um, cool. Uh, did anybody see that, uh, that Beatles documentary that came out a year ago? Did anybody watch that? Any Beatles fans? No? Yes? Uh, very interesting documentary. Uh, I liked it a lot. It was cool. You got to see the Beatles craft their final album together. It was amazing. Uh, but I felt like the scenes were very repetitive. Every scene was just John, Paul, and George sitting on the floor together crafting these beautiful songs. And then it was just Ringo in the back not participating at all. And I was like, why doesn't Ringo have a say in any of the songs that are being made? And I got an idea. I think when the Beatles took time off and they went to India and they dropped a bunch of acid, I think it changed their brains. And I think out of that experience came three musical geniuses and one retard. Now, if you're thinking which one is it, it's Ringo, that's for sure. Come on. I know what you're thinking. Whoa, 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 Ian, you can't use that word. You can't suck it, say that word. It's okay, all right? You can't tell by looking at me, but I also play the drums. So I could say whatever I want about Ringo. Tell me I'm wrong, okay? Tell me, you know what his two most famous songs are? Octopus's Garden and Yellow Submarine. Tell me that's not an autistic kid going through an aquatic phase is all I'm going to say, you know? 
the lyrics they're not even clever it's just what he sees it's just the sky was blue and the sea was green really really good songwriting there Ringo you really put your heart and soul into that one my favorite Ringo lyric I can't confirm that he wrote this but I feel like he did you know the song I am the walrus there's that line that goes cuckoo cachoo that's Ringo all fucking day they're writing the song they're like, hey Ringo, you you wanna you wanna wanna add something? He's like, cuckoo cuckoo, and they're like, fuck, all right, I guess we'll we'll keep it. The name of the documentary it's called it's called Get Back, and I think it, they called the documentary that because that's what they would say to Ringo every time he suggested a new song. That's what they would say to him. He'd be like, hey guys, I've got this new song. It kind of goes like this: Kelp, I need somebody. Kelp, not just anybody. And they're like, get back, Ringo. No more ocean shit. All right, shout out to Pam for that last tag. That's all I got. Thank you, everybody. Yay. Yeah. Kelp. I need somebody. Kelp. Kelp. All right, your next comedian. Clap your hands in a wild slappy like motion for Mark Neuer. Is it this one? It's Mike either check. one. It's the other one. It's Hello. either one. It's either one. Oh, we're getting freaky, huh? Getting freaky on the stage here. Ian's hilarious. That uh, reminds me of the Bill Hicks bit about, Paul, I think Ringo's on the, he's in the ceiling in the corner talking about a submarine. Get him down. They have a broom they're trying to get him down with. It's a great bit. Unlike anything I've ever said. It's like a really good bit. Good thing you guys all know my name because sometimes I forget it and you walk up to me, you're like, Mark, right? I'm like, yes! That is fucking who I am, dude. I feel bad because I don't remember any of your names. I don't know any of your names at all. I barely know Ian's name. You're not me. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck he's saying. (laughs) I'm pretty white, dude. Like, accents throw me off completely. They do. Like, it's a heavy, deep accent. I'm like, yeah, dude, just drive and shut up, please. Why does it smell like someone's shit in here? It was a taxi joke. I take taxis. I don't take, I don't take Ubers. Down with the patriarchy, right? Some, some shit. I don't know. Pam wants to kill herself right now. I don't know what it is. I see it in her eyebrows. She's ready. Fucking ready to just say fuck all this shit, dude. Me too. Hashtag, hashtag me as well. I, uh, I don't understand this new generation of music, like at all I don't I'm 27 I'm not old enough to have these thoughts but I do I do have these thoughts and they just fucking go around my brain like a hamster on a wheel just I don't get it I don't get it I don't get it I don't get it I don't understand I work with a lot of young young 18 19 20 year olds he was driving he's like hey what do you want to listen to and I was like fuck the Try to take the the best out I could get. I was like, just play the Christmas Channel on Pandora. First song that comes on the chorus. Fuck it up, bitch! I want to see you fuck it up, bitch. This is not a Christmas song. Can you imagine someone Christmas caroling with this? Your little family coming in. Ding dong! You open the door. Fuck it up, bitch! I want to see you fuck it up, bitch. The jingle bells. We're working on that joke. 
Yeah, no, it's definitely in Detroit. In Stockton, too. Stockton, California. I'm from Stockton. A lot of people don't know where that's at. This one time after a show, this guy came up to me and was like, I've heard of Stockton. I've been to Stockton. I went to rehab in Stockton. That is like the exact opposite thing you want to go to Stockton for. <laughs> that's like going to the Epstein Island to stop fucking kids. That is, you're going to relapse, Doug. You're gonna, you're gonna relapse. It's gonna happen. Not what you want, but it's what's gonna happen. Twitter. It's on Twitter. A lot of you are on Twitter. I can tell by your eyebrows. You're on fucking Twitter. I know. You're on Twitter. Over there, you're looking into the hive mind, what everyone thinks, right? What everyone thinks now is that white people have no culture. And if that's the case, who wants to take credit for meatloaf? Who wants that? Who's taking credit for that? That was created in Modesto, California. Like meth. All white culture. That's my people. It may not be pretty. It's like macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. And chips on top. It, you may not like it. It may not be pretty to you or digestible, but it is my culture. I can't wait to die. Honestly, you're welcome. I did not have to do this. But I'm really glad that I did because I love Pam Benjamin and I love you guys. Thank you so much. Mark Neuer, everyone. It's always a rare treat. Uh, you can see Mark Neuer next Thursday at OMG. We're having a special little Christmas show that Rakesh said, we do a show. Okay, Thursday the 15th, we're doing a show. <laughs> yeah, three billion gods in the firmament, and I only worship Rakesh. You're next, because if you got it, he's, he's Indian. Okay, you have to explain the joke. It's not funny. Uh, put your hands together for your next comedian, Philip Fabian. <laughs> Guys, man, 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 what a week we had, man. I don't think, I think we, I don't, I don't think I don't ever want to hear women ever say that men don't do enough for the WNBA anymore. Can we, am I right about that? We gave away a fucking terrorist for a pothead. And, and this guy is so bad that he had Nicolas Cage, like, make a movie about him. Can you imagine being so bad that Nicolas Cage, already a freaking terrible actor, already has to make a movie about your ass, you know? Man, I, and uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just, I just, the worst trade in history, honestly. I mean, honestly, can we believe this? But uh, man, what else, what else do I got here? Uh, man, has anyone ever been to Fresno? Yeah, yeah, I was, I have family in Fresno, and every time I go to Fresno, anyway, when I think of my family, Fresno, or I think of Fresno in general, it's, it's kind of like that one Republican uncle that kind of comes to Thanksgiving. Okay, that's not funny. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's up, Brian? How you doing? Good to see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock star over here. Um, all right, cool. So, uh, as you can tell by my jacket, this is my favorite jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gets me late all the time. Um, never. Um, but as you can tell by my jacket, I love taking Molly. As, yeah. And the great thing I think about Molly is that I think it makes hanging out with stupid people awesome. You know. And it just makes things more tolerable. I mean, have you guys ever been in a rave or the Sahara tent at Coachella? You've been in the Sahara tent at Coachella? I mean, yeah, I mean, if you've been, man, it, 
he definitely looked the type. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, honestly, man, you got it. You got it going on, man. I mean, you got the whole fit. You got the whole gangster mafia look going on. You look good. You look good. But you know, when you're in the Sahara tent or any rave, you know, typically the IQ of people in there is like greater than one, but less than three. But when you're rolling on fucking Molly, suddenly they're the best friend that you ever had in your fucking life. And I think it's gonna be awesome when uh, everyone at a funeral takes a molly. I don't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> <You know. laughs> uh, I think that's going to be good writing. Okay, so, uh, yeah, what else do I got here that I wrote uh, on the toilet at work? Um, uh, elections. You know, elections. I, you know, can we be frank? We could kind of see this train wreck coming from like three years away. Am I right? I mean, I feel like the next election cycle is kind of like a sequel to a movie that's never been that never should have been made in the first fucking first place. Kind of like Airbud 2. Have you guys ever seen Airbud 2 or Airbud 1? You know, in fact, in case you guys don't know, Airbud is a, a movie about a golden retriever dog that plays basketball. Yeah. And golden retriever and the second one, Mark, is uh called Golden Receiver. Huh? Where he plays football. Yeah, you know, where he plays football. Can you imagine being so fucking bad at your fucking job that you get dunked on by a dog? Man. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm going to sit this one out because, you know, the next election cycle is with like a senile old man and another senile old man and another senile old man, you know, Kanye West, you know. <laughs> Can we believe that the guy's in? And he hired like the weirdest gay guy. Okay, now I'm going to, this going to go on for another bit. So anyway, that's all I got. Um, yeah, have a good day, guys. Philip Fabian. I'm spousing the joys of the Airbud franchise. It really doesn't get cooking until the ninth sequel, the ninth installment, Airbud 9, Airbud in Space. Or it's Airbud. Yeah, he's got puppies, and then they all have like spacesuits. It's pretty incredible. It's like they're on a spaceship. Airbud 9. That's where they really. That's where they really move the plot along. Your next comedian. I'd like to see him play basketball against a golden retriever. Put your hands together for Jared Zeta. Golden retrievers are taller than me, by the way. Like, if I was a dog, I'd be that one. How are we doing? What's up, guys? What's up? You're dressing pretty sexy. Gonna be honest, yeah. You go, you going out today? Is it a special occasion? Oh, is that an Irish accent? Oh, okay. I'm gonna move away from this. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, my name is Jared. Uh, I'm from San Diego. Uh, I don't know if you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what it's like to live in San Diego, but it's hot as balls all the time. Oh, th thank you for mouthing my own joke. <laughs> You're going to say my jokes to me now? <laughs> All right. What was it? Do you know it? Yes, just like this man right here. Hot as balls, like him. Want to know how hot? Yeah, I'm actually white. Uh, I've just been barbecued Filipino. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do stand-up because I want to be rich and famous. I do stand-up so I can have something to put on my Tinder bio. 
Saying you're a stand-up comedian is a lot better than saying you're five foot two and work at Pete's Coffee. You know. Uh, to calm down my nerves whenever I go up on stage, I like to record myself. That way I can tell myself, regardless of whether I bomb on stage, I can just look at the recording and just add a laugh track onto it. No one has to know. To be honest, all I really need is a screenshot of me with a microphone. That's all I really need for the pic on Instagram. All I really need is that and a misleading caption. No one has to know that I'm not funny. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I peaked in high school. Uh, I was uh, very popular back then. I was known as that one kid that got hit by a car. I'm, I'm glad my misery's funny to you, Fabian. Yeah, uh... Yeah, I was on my way to smoke weed with a friend at a local park, and a car hit me as I was crossing the street. You know, it's funny, uh, my grandma always told me that smoking weed would put me in the hospital. I just didn't think it would involve a fucking Kia Sorento, you know? Uh, I was in a wheelchair and a full body cast, so it was really hard to walk, but it was really easy for me to find a homecoming date. I just went up to, like, the hottest girl I saw and just guilt-tripped the shit out of her. First, it didn't work, but eventually she caved in when I reminded her about the charges I filed for hitting me with her car in the first place. Uh, I moved out here to San, uh, San Francisco. Uh, well, San Francisco is not as hot or sunny as San Diego. San Francisco makes it up by having a thousand times more poop on the ground. Uh, San Diego's a little bit conservative. I never fit in. I was called weird a lot. Uh, but, but I feel like I fit in a lot more here in San Francisco. Finally, people don't look at me weird when I'm pooping on the street, taking heroin on the bus. Feels good to be considered normal here. Hasn't always been great, though. I actually, uh, recently just got fired. Uh, it's, yeah, thank you. I, mean, I appreciate your concern. It does suck, but honestly, dude... I feel good about it because I stood up for myself, you know? Someone needed to tell that 12-year-old I was tutoring to shut the fuck up. Honestly, like, fuck children, all right? I think in some cases it should be okay to fight 12-year-olds. That should be socially acceptable. Like, honestly, dude, fuck being the bigger person. At 12 years old, they're already fucking bigger than me, all right? All right? I don't care if they're in a wheelchair. Yeah, you like that groan? Yeah, well, you know, you know what the kid said to me? He told me if I was a car, I'd be a hot. Well, okay, you know what? All right, Pam told me to wrap it up. I'm gonna get the fuck off stage. Give it up for her. Chiritana, everyone. He was so in the moment, he didn't hear the horn. It's okay. Uh, no, it's fine. I, it's fine. I just wanted to. You, you saw the other sign. That was fantastic. Uh, your next comedian, clap your hands in a wild slappy lack motion for Kava to sing. Me and Jared are the same height, so it's always really convenient when I go after him. Because, okay. <laughs> um, all right, uh, my parents are super obsessed with like arranging my and my siblings' marriages. 
Um, and I'm not against arranged marriages. I just think that a lot of brown parents will push their sons into it to help them get their shit together, uh, which feels kind of counterintuitive, right? It's like, it's like if you saw someone was drowning and then you toss them a wife, you know? <laughs> um, but my brother, my brother, he took, he took the bait, okay? He, uh... He, uh, my brother got a wife where therapy was supposed to be, you know, and I, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I feel like we all have avoided behaviors. Like, I don't know, there, uh, anyone have tattoos, <laughs> you know, like I have, a I, um, in college, there was like a time where every girl went through like a, a great depression and then they, they ended up getting like a tattoo and it would only come, it would only have like a quote from like that would come from a motivational speaker and they would put it in like a sexy part of their body so that when they were sad, they would just like, I shouldn't waste my life, you know? <laughs> you know, but um, yeah. What was, what else was I gonna say about that? Oh yeah, but my, my avoided behavior is uh, I listen, I can't stand silence, so I listen to music a lot, but I listen to too much music and I found out that it was too much because I, I found out I was in like the top 0.1% of Spotify listeners. And, and I told my friend that, and she was like, how much music do you listen to? And I was like, enough to make the voices disappear. <laughs> um, my, <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to respond. Um, my dad, uh, my parents drove me nuts, but I can't divorce my parents. Uh, one reason.